This is Mackenzie Milton. This is Steve Levy from ESPN. And you're listening to One Night Stand. And you're listening to One Night Stand. One Night Stand. Hey, c'est condition ça qui t'est passé. Just One Night Stand. Avant toute bagaille t'est commencé. One Night Stand. Pas pensé que c'est ton si. This is One Night Stand. Presented by First Watch, the official breakfast and lunch sponsor of One Night Stand. What up, Night Nation? It's Tuesday, March 9th. On today's show, we talk a little bit of everything. It's conference tournament time for both basketball teams. Our baseball team beat the number one team in the nation twice. Lots of football news, including the huge 2021 schedule release. Also, we have a great interview with an NFL agent, Sam Tiger. She is the host of the Beyond the Negotiation podcast as well. That was a lot of fun. As always, we answer all of your questions on Moose Mailbag. Speaking of, I'm here with... Money Moo, UCF, men's basketball, winners of four straight, heating up at just the right time to make a conference tournament run. And the ladies are officially on bubble watch. I think they're in. Baseball takes two of three from number one Ole Miss, then gets dealt a sweep by Liberty. And we're hot on the recruiting trail to see who's jumping on the Gus bus. Did we really win four straight? Oh, yeah. Because of those cancel games. Nice. Four straight, man. Heating up. Just just at the right I, time. I feel like I say it every podcast. and uh, You kind of did, and I didn't <laughs> really want to believe you just because of, I don't know. You, you know my stance on the basketball team. It's kind of funny, though. Like, the last time that we talked about it, I kept saying, you know, the team really isn't gelling. Some players go off on some nights. Some players are, like, all of a sudden dormant. And then, like, the very next game, everybody had at least 15, <laughs> at least 15 points. It really shut me up. So They probably listen. All I can say is they just listen to the show. Cool. All right, so you want to start with basketball then? Sure. All right, let's do it. So we finished the season uh, 10 and 11, like you said, four-game win streak. Getting hot at the right time. The tournament starts March 11th, uh, which is Thursday, in Texas or Fort Worth, which I think is Dallas, right? Yeah. Because it's part of the – I know when I fly to Dallas, it says Fort Worth. Oh, a little geography probs. Um, Wichita State, number one seed. We finished 8-10 and 10 in the conference, USF 4-10, and 10, bah. And we play ECU, who we just beat easily 64-60. to 60. That was actually probably the closest that game ever was. I think they – we got off to a pretty big lead in the beginning. They cut it down to two at one point, but we had that game in control the whole time. So it's definitely a nice opponent to start off with. And then the winner plays Memphis. Um, what are you thinking going into this week, Moo? I think the tournament came at, and we're starting to gel at just the right time. Look, you know, even though our record says otherwise, we've been very close at a lot of these games. We lost to Wichita State by one point. Memphis has kind of had our number this year uh yeah the the second if what well, <laughs> the the second game is uh might be difficult but whatever we got to win the first one first so but the thing is like we've been in these games you know we beat florida state who's probably going to be a three or a three or a four seed in the tournament you know we hung tough with houston 
We beat Auburn. Um, COVID really messed everything up. And I know yeah. we keep saying that, and I feel like every school says that, but it really did because you look at us, when we came back after the whole COVID absence, you know, we were forced to play games when we hadn't practiced. Like you mentioned, we just looked terrible. We were sloppy. And, you know, the more games we played, the more we kind of started to put it all together. And I don't know, for lack of a better phrase, it feels like we're getting hot at the right time. I mean, I've watched the last few games. We've looked really, really good on both sides. I think you're absolutely right. And especially this time of year, you know, they don't call March Madness for nothing. Um, Teams can get hot and just go on a run. So you never know. First things first, we got to take care of East Carolina. Um, Coming up on Thursday, 7 o'clock, ESPNU, this was just announced. Um, So if you didn't keep that ESPN Plus subscription, you are able to see our night's play. I'm pretty sure, so, and this is a good transition into women's. Uh, I was at the gym the other day, and for some reason, I thought the women's game, because we played USF back-to-back, I thought it was at 7, but the men's was at 7, it was at 5, so I had to watch it from my phone, and of course... I had to log into ESPN Plus, and I'm pretty sure I just signed up for my third ESPN Plus account. So, shout out to Disney for taking all of my money. But anyway, speaking of the women, they've had another great season, 14-3 and overall. Ended the season with the back-to-back games versus USF. Lost by three on the road in the first one. And then in the revenge game, won by 13 at home to cap off the season. Senior night, heading into the tournament, we are the number two seed, and I'm very, very excited. Uh, What are your thoughts? I think we're going to be, even if we don't win the conference tournament, I think we could make, might possibly be our first ever at-large bid. Um, What's uh, what's Joe Lenardi saying, or the female version? Josephine (laughs) Lenardi. I don't know, is, is there a Joe Lenardi of women's? Yeah, I forgot his name. So I looked it up the other day, and they have they actually have UCF as the one of the last four teams in as an eleven seed. So I know usually what? in women's. Why is the all right? So if you're last four in, why are you not the sixteen seed? I don't. I never understood that. Well, it's because of like the at large bids. So like the sixteen seeds have to go to generally like the crappy conference. crappy conference champions or right. cr- crappy conference. Hold on. The champions of crappy conferences. There you go. Right. Okay. Exactly. All right. Got it. So they have us as an 11 seed, which isn't too bad. Although in when you're dealing with women's basketball, like upsets are a lot less common that I've noticed like over the last few years. So, I mean, usually the, the ranking, you know, you're as good as your ranking is. So right. Right. 11 seed, we'll have to see, but I think we're going to make it no matter what happens in the conference tournament. So so probably, I think this is three years in a row, is it not? Or like three out of four? Yeah, we've definitely had a a good run here. Like, you know, this is the first time uh, we haven't won 20 games. Obviously, it's because of the COVID shortened season under Coach Abe. But, you know, we finished tied for first overall with USF in the conference. Um, You know, we, we split the games with them. We've got a bunch of all-conference players. Uh, Cortia Sanders, second-team All-American Conference. Brittany Smith, third-team All-American Conference. 
And we also got newcomer of the year, Alicia Lewis. So squad stacked and, you know, 14 and three record. If you look at the seeding for the tournament, so we're the number two seed. We get a bye. We play the winner of Memphis Cincy on Tuesday. Both of our games versus Memphis were postponed, but we beat Cincy twice, once by 19 and once by 16. So regardless, that should be easy. And then if we win, we play the winner of ECU and Houston, who we beat both of them easy. Long story short, we're going to end up playing USF in the finals, which is Thursday, also the first day of the men's tournament. So a lot to look forward to this week, but I agree with you. I think we can get an at-large bid if we don't win the conference, which is huge for us as a program. You know, that means we're finally getting like some recognition and credibility. We don't just have to take the only path available to the playoff. Definitely great for the for the women's basketball program, and they deserve it. They've been great for, you know, the last five years since Coach Abe took over. So definitely going to be a real fun week of, uh, of watching some basketball. Got anything else, Dad? No, just a lot to look forward to, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, dude, conference tournament time, and then, I mean, it's March. March Madness, let's go. So it's going to be a fun month, and uh, definitely looking forward to, you know, just these tournaments in general, since obviously it's been almost two years since we've had March Madness, and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Definitely going to get, I think, one team, hopefully two. You never know. Anything can happen with the boys. So... All right, uh, next up, schedule release? Yeah, let's go, man. Yeah, the, I mean... The, the nitty-gritty. This is, you know, one of the most exciting things of the offseason is when the schedule is released. Obviously, we know pretty much all the opponents ahead of time, but the official release, you know, you get the dates, you start looking at your calendar, you start planning the trips, I mean... This is it. This is like the beginning of my calendar year as a sports fan. It's very exciting. So let's just go down the list, I guess, and then we can kind of talk about each one. Uh, yeah, let's just go down the list. Okay, so the opening game is obviously at home, Boise State. Official date not officially announced yet. It says Thursday, Friday, Saturday. If I had to guess... If I had to bet on it, actually, I, I, I almost guarantee it's not going to be on a Saturday because there's a million games to compete against. And it's the first weekend of football. Who wouldn't want to watch UCF Boise on, you know, Friday at like 7 p.m. or even Thursday? Hopefully it's Friday, though. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I kind of agree. I don't really care at this point, though, because I've already told myself that I'm going to go. I'm not going to let work get in the way of this year's football season. Like it has many years in the past, so um, you've got enough uh, tenure. I feel like to yeah. you know kind of do what you want. This is it. Putting the foot down, baby. Thursday, Friday, bring it on. We're gonna be there. Yeah, that's awesome. Definitely excited for that kickoff game. You know, I think they announced this home and home with Boise maybe like four or five years ago. Do you remember? I remember when it was announced, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, that seems like it's forever." And here we are. It's happening, but. It's pretty cool because, you know, Boise was like the original group of five non-power conference team to make a splash in a major bowl game. If you guys remember, they played Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl. They were huge underdogs. They're actually, it was the biggest upset in NY6 Bowl history until UCF beat Baylor. 
It was a crazy game. Back and forth. They had to run hook and ladder on fourth and 30 at the end of the game. And it worked to get like a 50-yard touchdown as time expired. They went into overtime. Adrian Peterson for Oklahoma scored on like the second play. And then Boise drove and scored. And then instead of going for the game-tying extra point, they went for two. They ran the infamous Statue of Liberty play. Guy runs in the end zone. Touchdown. You know, shocked the world. I think he proposed to his girlfriend. And the rest is history. And they were the first to kind of do it. And uh, it's very exciting that we get to play them. I mean, they've been a powerhouse in the Mountain West ever since. And uh, this is going to be a really, really fun matchup. They have a great fan base on Twitter, too. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, for sure. I feel like there's going to be a huge following traveling down. A couple years ago, they played at Florida State, and there was a, you know, Florida State's been kind of down the last couple of years, so mm-hmm. there was a huge number of Boise fans there, but uh, no, I welcome them. I, I hope they, they come have a good time, and uh, I mean, I'm, I'm usually, always, I'm always nice to the opposing fans except USF, but anyone that cares enough to travel to an away game has respect in my book, because I do the same, obviously, and uh, especially from Idaho. Yeah. The bigger question is, why do you live in Idaho? I don't know. Maybe that's something we need to ask, you know, one of the people that come up. I don't think I've ever met anyone from Idaho. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I know it looks like anything a, about any of the cities there. I know. Potatoes. It, it's like a it's like a fat shaped state with like a giant skinny thing. A little ge- right. geography probs. Um, it might be near Nevada or Vegas. Not really. <laughs> Hold on, I'm pulling up a map. Oh, all right. So it's, oh, it's actually on the Canada border. It's between Washington, Oregon, Nevada, but not near Vegas. Utah, right. Wyoming, Montana. Wow, talk about six states that. I mean, uh, the skinny piece is on the Canada border, but I don't think Boise is up near there. I could be wrong. Boise is near Oregon. So maybe it could be a lot of like transient Oregon people that just wanted out of Oregon. This is uh, but what? didn't want to go as far as Montana. I'm just googling what's in Boise. All right, <laughs> 14 best things to do in Boise. Boise River Greenbelt. Uh, all right, that's a road. So <laughs> the number one thing to do in Boise is a freaking road. Stretches 25 miles along the river. Offers runners, joggers, cyclists. And now there's a beautiful place to get exercise. I don't even well, think... There you like, go. I mean, all right. Maybe they like the outdoors. I don't know. <laughs> the first three things are outdoors things. Number five on the list is just downtown. Oh, number eight on the list. This is a good one. The number eight thing to do in Boise, the old Idaho penitentiary. <laughs> I feel like any top ten thing to do at any city is like... Go to jail? Go no, go downtown. <laughs> No, like I. If someone was visiting Orlando, you'd be like, "Oh, go check out downtown." I feel like that's a vital part of. What I guarantee Orlando you, if is, you Google top know. ten things to do in Orlando, it's like Disney, Sea World, Universal, maybe UCF. Okay, well, you could just say like one of the things is go to the theme parks okay. as like a top ten thing to do. You don't have to name every single one. I know, but all right, we're we're taking forever for this. It's not even an away game. <laughs> <laughs> this is at home. Wait, hold on. We do play them, I think. Is it 2022 or 2023? I think it's every other year. It's 
it's home and away. So wait, it's just a two game if series. We're still I thought. Do, if we're still doing this podcast two years from now, we'll talk about going to Boise. So why would we not be? No, it, dude, I think it's 2023 because in 2022 we have yeah, Lu- that's what I said. Oh, we have Louisville and Georgia Tech at home, which is pretty cool. All right, <laughs> so that's that's game one. Next up, uh, September 11th. Bethy. Back-to-back home games, by the way. Not a fan. Not a fan at all. Eh. I mean, you know, are we even going to be 100% capacity? I think we're planning on it. We should be oh, good sure. by then, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. I think so. Yeah, we're good. Okay, cool. Uh, Bethune-Cookman, you know, little tune-up. Uh, FCS game. Thinking about maybe going to the Tennessee pit game in Knoxville that weekend. Will uh, Josh Hypo revenge game? I don't know. I just, you know, when, whenever our schedule comes out, the first thing I do is cross-reference every other schedule just to see, like, what other cool stuff's going on. And that's kind of all I found. Um, then, the next week, week three, at Louisville. I think that's the already marquee. Announced, already announced Friday game. Yeah, one of, like, eight Friday games. Sorry, one of four possible Friday well, no, there's three official Friday games and then the Boise game pending, which stinks for some fans. I like it. We get more TV exposure. But uh, anyway, that's going to be the marquee away game, in my opinion. Uh, Moo, are you planning on going to this? So we talked about it this afternoon. We definitely want to go to one away game. We just haven't figured out which one. All five yeah. of them are good. I really haven't ruled out any of the five like right off the bat, so... I'm kind of leaning towards Louisville or Temple. I know Temple is not like this huge college football atmosphere, but it's we, Philly, have been Philly, we have been to Philly before. And we kind of liked it. So Wait, so you've been to Philly. Have you been to Dallas? No. Dude, all right. So if you're going to pick an away game to go to, not due to the opponent, just due to the city, at least go to a different city. Go to Dallas. Dallas is awesome. And we well, play- Would you take Dallas or Louisville? Uh, I don't know. You know, you kind of have to weigh it with, you know, being a P5 game, it, it makes it a little more attractive as an away game to go to, you know? They're going to be super hyped up for it. SMU, at the end of the season, they're probably going to stink, you know? So the game won't actually be that good. I don't know. Yeah. I, I've been to Louisville. I haven't been to a game. I've been to Dallas. Haven't been to an SMU game. I don't know. That's a, That's a tough call. Maybe you should just go to both. Sounds like a plan. All right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have any other like major out of the country trips planned like I normally do. <laughs> yeah. So Louisville, it's a cool city, but you know, we were talking about this earlier. Every city's kind of a cool city. If you go to like, you know, there's a place with cool bars. Um, it's kind of a shithole most everywhere else. It actually reminds me of Memphis a lot. And it's actually only three hours away, but I don't know. I think it'll be cool. And you know, it's an ACC opponent. It'll be fun. Plus, it's a Friday night, so you have the whole weekend. And I don't know. While you're up there, you're close to a lot of other cool stuff, too. Anyway. Very true. So then we have our bye week that next week, which very conveniently is when I have a wedding in freaking Italy. Thank you, Aaron Gentry. Now, I officially feel old because, you know, I grew up watching Friends. I always saw, you know, Ross had the the wedding in London. I'm like, I'm never going to be old enough or... That's like a very adult thing to do is have a, a Europe wedding, and now I'm going to, going to one, and now I'm like crap. I'm 
officially an adult. But it's on a bye week, so that'll be fun. Alright, next up we've got October 2nd, a very popular away game that people have been talking about at Navy, Annapolis. Have you considered this one, Moo? I have, actually. And? Not only, <laughs> only reason why. Well, I just told you I haven't ruled any of them out, and I know the last time you went to Navy, you said you had a great time. So I went to Maryland, but it's all like the same place. I thought you went to the Navy game. <laughs> no, I went to Maryland, dude. That was when we were 10-point underdogs. 2017, uh, that was the beginning of the run. It was crazy. Uh, that's right. when I actually somehow got a media pass and got on the field. It was awesome. All but right. yeah, well, anyway, everyone that went to the Navy game, that was uh, actually the same year, 2017. Everyone said it's an incredible experience. They highly recommend it. So if you're thinking about doing uh, that game, I definitely would. All right. Then we've got home versus ECU, blah. All right. October 16th at Cincinnati. Is this a top 15 matchup? What do you think? Uh, assuming is, assuming on, we're both undefeated. I think it is, right? Yeah, possibly. I don't know. Um, so Cincinnati, the few weeks before, has to play at Indiana and at Notre Dame. So if Ooh. they can somehow get through that, then sure. It could be a top 25 matchup. I don't know. Well, I mean, they to fit. Me, look, to me, I think with all the hype around Gus and... With the people coming back, even though we had a very sour end to the season last season, I think just the way that college football is, and it's all about like window dressing, and it's all about talk, I think that they're probably going to put the number 25 in front of our name, just preseason ranks. Oh, minimum. And it's weird. Like The crappy system is going to work in our favor, because they're going to be like, For once. Yes. It's crazy. No. <laughs> It, it it's not for once like this just speaks to the fact of like the state of our football program and athletics in general like we can have a couple off years and we hire a good coach and we're a top 25 team for no other reason it's awesome what a time to be alive normally we would like end up in the top 10 and then barely sniff the top 25 on the next year's rankings and yeah we're coming off and off here, and I guarantee you we're ranked. So, yeah, since he has a tough schedule, is uh, is what's his name, Fritter, coming back? Corn Fritter. <laughs> Who cares? I mean, what I'm saying is I want them to beat Notre Dame. I want them to win. They... Oh, yeah, he's coming back. Oh, All right, good. Thank... Good. I mean, so he, sucks. he does, but, I mean, he's their best chance at winning those games. They should start off ranked two because they finished, you know, I think like top 10 or something. So this, you know, if the stars align, this could be the marquee away game. October 16th, revenge game. I think you're selling me on this. Dude, I think I just sold myself on it. I I was there two years ago. I rushed the field with the students. I'll never forget how crappy that felt. That game sucked. We didn't do anything on offense. It was cold, miserable. I got lost. I missed my. F- I ended up in New Jersey. That's how bad the game was. I ended up in New Jersey the next day. So definitely need revenge for that. All right. October 16th at Cincy. Book it. Then we got a short week. We got to recover because we've got another revenge game. That Friday night versus Memphis in the bounce house. 
could be game of the year here. No, they weren't even good last year, right? Yeah, they were good. I mean, they weren't like ranked good though, right? No, but I mean, it's all it's always a it's always a dogfight when it's us against Memphis, dude. Yeah, and you know, short week, so that'll be a good one. That's a Friday night game too, so you know the bounce house is going to be absolutely electric. Then next week we've got away at Temple. You know, go go to Philly, go see Big Ben, whatever. Philly, cool. The Liberty Bell. <laughs> for those of you that have been listening for a while, this is a theme. I've gotten those confused or whatever. Uh, but yeah. And then we've got November 6th versus Tulane at home. Tulane, up and coming. Also that week. Oh, crap. I missed like one of the main points I wanted to talk about this entire show. So the Boise game. Is definitely going to be on a Thursday or Friday. The best thing about that is FSU Notre Dame is on a Sunday that weekend. So we can go to both games if you want to watch Mackenzie Milton play. Just saying. And I'm going to do it. I know other people want to do it. So that's going to be pretty awesome. All right. What will you be wearing to the game, though? Uh, number 10 UCF jersey. No hat? I can't wear a hat with this stupid hair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it look. Can I would, like make it go out the back, like non fitted. Oh, I guess I could. That uh, could be a look visor. I was actually. I, I think I have an FSU national champs hat because one year I was uh, Jameis Winston stealing crab legs for Halloween. I know I have that hat somewhere. There you go. But yeah, so no, I definitely want to go to that game and see McKenzie. Very exciting. Okay, so what reminded me of that is November sixth versus Tulane. Definitely go to that, but. I think that weekend, we've got Old Dominion at FIU in Miami. And mm. I might go over and uh, watch DJ Mack play. I don't know. It, you know, I know nothing about Old Dominion. They canceled their entire football season last year. So who knows where he's at on the roster. But I'm assuming he's going to be the starter. So I might try and do that game. I don't know. Probably shouldn't say that, but you know what? I'm sorry. Like That guy did a lot for our school. It's kind of crappy how it ended, and I want to go see him for one game. Sue me. And we're going to beat Tulane anyway. So, <laughs> Well, that's a game I'm definitely going to just because uh, it's kind of in the middle. But I said I wanted to Tulane? go to four. Yeah. Why waste money? Actually, I, I mean, I shouldn't dissuade you from going to UCF game, but... Why wouldn't you just go to an extra away game? It almost costs the same if you plan it right. Just take a 5 a.m. flight home on Frontier. <laughs> because we've learned in the past that that is not a good idea. It's so funny because like we're booking these trips and it's like, oh, we can save 50 bucks by taking these incredibly stupidly timed flights. And then we go there and spend... Like, triple that on beer, hotel, everything else. It's like, ooh, we saved on our flight. And then when we get on the flight, it's like, dude, I would pay any amount of money not to be on this flight at this time. Yeah, never <laughs> again. I'm never doing that again. I thought we were safe when we were coming back from Atlanta last year at, like, 1 o'clock. And we wake up at, like, 11. And I'm like, uh <laughs> Yeah. I'm dead. <laughs> You know what's crazy? Next time, gotta we, be late afternoon. We went to one of the first post-COVID sporting events ever. Yeah, that was pretty cool. All right. 
Next game at SMU, Dallas. Uh, I know a big UCF booster shareholder society member, Rob, lives in Dallas. And he was telling me to definitely go to that game. So I think I'm going to go to that game. And like I said, Dallas is very cool city. Then we've got rounding up the season, November 20th versus independent UConn. The good old, what the hell is that trophy name? The Oh, Civil Conflict. Civil Conflict. Civil Conflict, round seven. Let's go. And then... Yeah, that's definitely one that I will be skipping. It is kind of cool, though, because usually the the week before Thanksgiving, I always have to work on that Sunday, and it's usually like the Cincinnati game or a really good game, but I don't feel bad like missing the UConn game. I but I will be there anyone does. Uh, for Black Friday. Just booked my hotel this afternoon, actually. All right, so Black Friday, November 26th versus South Florida. But yeah, that'll be fun. Black Friday in the bounce house, always a good time. And then if you want to partake, you know, UFFSU Saturday, if you really want to go crazy. I did it two years ago, definitely a good time. And I think it'll be pretty cool to watch Mackenzie Milton beat the Gators. In their own house. Just saying. Any interest in that game at all, Moo? You know, I hadn't thought about it before. I know your, your parents are I'm huge kinda, Gators. Yeah. So the only problem with that is, is like, I have nowhere to stay there. We're pretty fortunate with like the, I mean, maybe I'll try and like talk them into getting like a big Airbnb or something and we could all stay. I think the last time I went, we just drove up and back and stayed in Orlando that night. Yeah, that's rough, man. <laughs> uh, well, I also think it's because uh, the Gators suck, so the game... No, that was a, definitely a night game. Uh, I don't remember. Nah, you want to be able to like go out in Gainesville after... And you didn't get the full experience. Okay, all right, fair enough. Um, <laughs> all right, so yeah. So that, that's the whole schedule. That's the whole schedule. So only three Friday games this year, possibly four. Um, let's do a little record prediction. What do you think? Where do you think we end up after going through this game by game, analyzing, predicting each score? What do you got? So I think my official one preseason is going to be. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Sorry. I forgot about the most important part of the schedule. American Conference Championship game. Guess what day it is? It's on my birthday. Let's go! This has happened like four times in the history of me being a UCF Knight. So, <laughs> Have we ever played in it? Yes. Have we won it on your birthday? Yes. Oh, wait. Uh, it was Daryl Max year in 2018. Dude, let's go. Let's get Don't a you fi- remember? We had like my 30th birthday celebration for the tailgate. Uh, you were pretty drunk. <laughs> but anyway. Oh. <laughs> oh, the tailgate I was drunk at. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. So, yes. Well, wasn't that game day? Yeah, that that was on my birthday, I'm pretty sure. The So, that was 2018. Oh, that, yeah. yeah, the Fiesta Bowl year. Okay, I remember now. Um, yeah, that was all on my birthday. <sighs> Dude, these freaking years, man. Like, I keep getting, like, 19 and 20 blend together because 20 was so weird. So, then when you say 18... I feel like it was only two years ago. I, I don't know. It, screw COVID. Anyway, um, so yeah, conference championship game on Moose birthday. 
That being said, what is your regular season record prediction, Moo? I will have to go with... Oh, wait. So, apparently that was not on my birthday. Yeah, I was going to say, dude. <laughs> I think I mean, we just celebrated. So, you know what's funny is that <laughs> if you're like, oh, you were really drunk, I'm just like, yeah, that was probably that day. <laughs> I had no idea what you were talking about. I just played along with it. That was so, this, No, that was December 1st. Yeah. Because we Maybe had two- 2017. I don't know. I, I feel like this has happened multiple times. It's always like either the weekend of my birthday or actually on my birthday. Well, that's what happens when you have an early December birthday and that's conference championship week. Duh, no, really. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we got that out of the way. Um, yeah. So my I think my official prediction is going to be. This is my realistic prediction, by the way. I think we'll be ten and two, with two losses to. Yeah, that's what mean. That's what ten and two means. That was an open-ended question. <laughs> with two losses to who? I think we'll lose to Cincy, and then we're going to. I think we might lose to either Boise, Louisville, or Navy. Okay. Did Just fit- a thought. So, here's the thing. We've got no division, so we can lose to Cincy. Besides last year and years past, if we lose a division game, we need a miracle to make the conference championship. You need that team you lost to, like Cincy in 2019, to lose twice and then we win out because we don't have the tiebreaker against them. That doesn't happen anymore. Best two conference records make it. So, a loss at Cincy doesn't put us out of anything. And then you said what? One versus Boise, Louisville. Dude, Louisville's four and eight last year. Get out. No Papa John's. Boise was your, oh Navy. Navy's always a losable game. That Especially uh, away. Especially away. God, that game's gonna be so boring. It might actually the one, the one the last time we went up there wasn't boring. That was one of the best games of the year. No, it was. That was uh that was the Otis Anderson like coming out party, right? Yeah. Okay. All right, all right. I like that. All right, so my schedule prediction. Drum roll, please. 15-0. We're making the playoff. We're winning it all. I don't care. This is not the fan in me. This is the college football expert in me predicting this. It's happening. I am all in on the Gus bus. We have a super talented roster, and we have been underperforming for years under Josh Heupel. Gus is not only going to bring us to where we should have been, he's going to get more out of us than we've ever even imagined. I can't wait to get going. And I'm dead serious, in case you're wondering. <laughs> I mean, you never leave us short of like a bold... You're okay, never scared so, to put the bold prediction out. All right, look back at 2019. Remember our podcast after we beat Stanford, like easily and we're like oh we're making the playoff we're running the table and then i don't remember the order but you know lose to cincy lose to tulsa whatever no it lose to pit god oh dude pit. <laughs> <laughs> but you remember how we felt after that we can have that except we actually have a, a coach that is competent enough to get us there we have a favorable schedule 
you know, I mean, maybe a record prediction isn't the best thing. Maybe it's what's the toughest game on our schedule. I think it's away at Cincy. But anyway, I think we're running the table. We've been talking about the schedule for like 30 minutes, so let's move on. Real quick, little recruiting transfer update. We've got three big football transfers, possibly more. I, there's been so many, I can't even keep it keep it straight. Do you have the list? Yeah, so the big three, I'll call them so far, is four-star running back out of Auburn transferring to UCF, Mark Anthony Richards. Bailamont. Yes. And um, Dude, the another sp- guy. The Spanish, a, a, 90s Spanish pop theme has continued. <laughs> <laughs> Grad transfer from Auburn as well, Nate Craig Myers, who did play in the Peach Bowl game against us in 2017. Talk about life coming full circle. Pretty crazy there. And my favorite so far has been Big Cat Bryant. These guys are all Auburn guys, by the way, right? Yep. So, first question I'd ask him, is his first name just Big and his middle name Cat? Or is it like Big Cat? I don't know. You would think there would be like a hyphen between Big and Cat if I, Big <laughs> Cat was his first name. But or is his middle name? it's the middle name is Big Cat Bryant. And I don't think it's a nickname, because everywhere I look, it's just Big Cat Bryant. Yeah, I don't think it's a nickname either. I think it's a true legal name. I wonder if whatever. he has a middle when name. You're, when you're 6'4", 230, I mean, name whatever you want as long as you play hard for us. What if he has a middle name that's like, uh, I don't know, like a regular name? Scott. <laughs> Big Cat Scott Bryant or something. <laughs> but Maybe. All right, so hold on. Oh, let's figure this out. His first name has to be Big Cat, because if his middle name was Cat, people could just call him Big Bryant, which is also awesome in itself. Right. I think it's just Big Cat. But whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. Anyway, welcome to it's UCF. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, every year, it seems like we only get like maybe one four-star guy like every year, every other year. But all of a sudden, Gus is just plucking these dudes like, like yeah. it's nothing. We're definitely getting a great coach. And the fact that three three great players at Auburn are following him here. Not only that, I mean, I don't know if it's just me, but like the social media presence has been huge since Gus got here. The only time I remember Hypel tweeting was when the social media staff, they use this thing called Open Doors where they like type out stuff and he just has to hit send. Hypel never tweeted himself. Gus is tweeting himself all the time, and I feel like we're offering way better recruits than before. Is it just me, or am I maybe like a little bit biased because I'm just excited about the new coach? I feel like there's just definitely more presence with this new staff. Yeah, for sure. I feel like I didn't really even know that many of Hypel's assistants and his help, but now they've been doing a lot more of like promoting you know, Gus kind of acting as though, like, you know, it's a team, which it is. I mean, well, you know, the whole thing with Hypel, if you look at it, was just weird from the start. It was this weird, like, forced marriage thing because we took Hypel in and then Danny, you know, forced Randy Shannon to be defensive coordinator. I mean, it was a good fit, but at the same time, if you're 
the CEO of a company and you get to pick all your staff besides your right-hand man, who's some other guy that used to be a CEO at a competitor, and now you're forced to coexist with them, I can see how that's like, you know, it might be nice at first, but might not work out over uh, a period of time. So it's nice that, you know, we got Gus in here. He's assembled an all-star staff. The players are excited. The fans are excited. The coaches are excited. The podcasters are excited. We're all excited. So it's uh, definitely a great time to be UCF Knight. By Rivals.com, we have the number 51 rated 2021 recruiting class. Not bad out of, uh, you know, 128 D1 schools. So I'll take it. Got anything else football related? Yeah, the spring game was announced earlier this week. Going to be on April 10th. And also, I think in bigger news is that it's going to be a night game, which I'll, I remember being at the last spring game where it was about Brutal. 95 degrees. And you so think- I think our prayers have been answered. Everyone was asking for a night game. Makes absolutely no sense having it at noon anyway. So it's not the, like there's anything else the going tail, on. Yeah. The tailgates cut way short. This really should be like a, you know, kind of like a UCF open house kind of thing where you let the fans, you know, check out the facilities like they had, you know, stadium club. Been a while. Yeah. You know, it's a good chance for ticket sales to, to introduce anyone who, you know, it's hard to justify spending the you know twenty five hundred bucks on on Tower Club if you've never actually been up there, or even the Cabana, or really anything. You know, you know? yeah, you, you don't get a chance to do it. Uh, you kind of just have to look and kind of wish during the regular season, or you could purchase like a resale ticket. But no, I agree, everything's opened up. I think the tickets are free, or it's like ten bucks if you want to go to the Stadium Club or the Tower Club. So definitely awesome. Unfortunately, I can't make it this year. Got a bachelor party. I'm almost at the age, though, where all my friends will be married besides me, so I won't have to deal with this anymore. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, haven't heard any mentions about a garage sale. We had one planned last year, and then COVID happened, so I'm assuming at worst we have more stuff, right? Yeah. So that'd be cool. Uh, I might need you to FaceTime me in. Buy some more crap for my house that I don't need. Uh, oh, 100%. No, you know what I'm really hoping they're selling is or are the the newer style jerseys, the game jerseys, because those have never been for sale. You know, the ones that came in from the Frost era on. Anyway, that's awesome. I'm just glad that, you know, stuff's getting back to normal and we have an awesome football season to look forward to. All right. Next up, let's get to our interview. We've got Sam Tiger. She is an NFL and uh, talent agent, and she also represents one of UCF's most notable NFL alumni, eight-year NFL veteran Kamar Aiken. He's also opening up a new bar in Orlando, actually two bars, I believe, Um, and we'll talk about that, and she talks all about her job, how she became an agent. Talks about Kamar and a bunch of other cool college football related stuff too. So let's get to that. All right, we are here in studio with a very special guest. We've been wanting to do this for a really long time. Finally made it happen. Her name is Sam Tiger. She is the CEO of the 
Sam Tiger Management Agency. Is that what it's called? Yes. She's Don't forget it. NFL PA certified agent, and she also reps some other talent as well. Sam, thank you for coming on the show. Can you give us a little bit of your background first? Sure. Thanks for having me. I know we've been trying to do this for quite some time, but background on me, whew, I'll try to make it short. No, no, tell us the whole thing. Like, start. How did you get started? Let's start there. Well, I always as a kid wanted to be an agent, but didn't necessarily see that happening. I don't really know why. Now, you know, looking back on it, I probably should have been a little more open to it. But nonetheless, after During my time um, in undergrad, I interned uh, in sports quite a bit, and at that point in time, it really opened my eyes to the different avenues and the different things that you can do in sports and entertainment, whether it's events, marketing, public relations, community relations. There are so many different different types of jobs uh, within the industry. And at that point, I really liked the event side of things. I was interning at the Final Four in Indianapolis. Uh, it was the one when, oh my gosh, I can't remember who won. Duke was there, West Virginia, Butler. Oh, the, the final four with Duke. I remember yeah, that okay. <laughs> so that, oh, that's when Butler almost Butler, won. It. Butler, yeah, it was the last. It was it was exciting. It was really cool. But intern there, I was like, yes, events is it. I want to be traveling. I want to pl- plan events. So after that, I took a full-time uh, assistant internship position in Miami with the Orange Bowl and worked with some very high-profile college football teams, Georgia Tech, Mississippi State, uh, throughout the years, what else, Auburn, Louisville, Alabama, so many, so many well-respected programs and got to meet the players during that time because I was doing team operations. So you've been to many bowl games. I know that. You probably have been to more bowl games than some coaches. Yeah, probably. I mean, I've been to like every, I think I've been to like eight UCF bowl games. So most, I think half of them were like the same people or something (laughs) stupid, but whatever, I'll take it. One Fiesta Bowl, one Peach Bowl. I missed the first Fiesta. I'm going to have to ask you what your favorite was, but let me finish my train of thought. That's an easy question, the Peach Bowl. (laughs) Really? Yeah, I mean, it was like the biggest win in UCF history. Okay, so for for that reason, (laughs) I think of bowl games differently. So, So what my job was is to plan the events for the team so they come in they have fun uh this past year with covid i know everyone did what they could but they come in so got to work with the teams directly and through that i really got to interact with some of the players find out a little more about them and there was one moment that stood out to me and i was speaking to a player not going to say who it was but he definitely was projected to go in the first second round uh And he ended up going in the first and we were talking and I was talking to him about his agency. I was talking to him about just kind of the next step of the process and he didn't sound super excited. And to me, I'm thinking, oh, wow, I mean, you know, I didn't know what I knew now, but if I had advice, you know, you're about to be a first round draft pick. I mean, this is exciting times. And he seemed a little apprehensive. And I said, why? And he's like, I don't know. I just don't feel so connected with my agents and I don't really understand what's really going on. And he just seemed kind of timid and confused. And I thought to myself, well, that sucks. I mean, it it really does. No, I mean. You only get to do that once. It should be the most exciting time of your life. Like you're about to be a pro athlete. Teams are going to court you. You should be very excited about the whole thing. And And it's pretty clear. I mean, it's a pretty clear cut process uh 
the draft process, and we'll get into that, I know, in this show a little bit later, but it kind of, I don't know, I scratched my head and I'll never forget that. And at that moment, I was like, hmm, if a player like this is feeling that way, how many other players and their families and the people involved are feeling that way? So that kind of, it lit something in my head that lit a fire, I guess you could say, that I just kind of went with and decided to break away from the corporate college football side of things didn't really want to entertain going to the NFL side on the team side and said you know I always wanted to represent the player why don't I just go for it and that really is what I did I went and got the education requirements you have to go back and get either a law degree or a master's degree and then take the test which is fun is it is it hard um what do they ask you a lot. I mean, like law stuff or like. Well, it's on the CBA. It's on the policies and procedures. It's on agent regulations. So really, I mean, it's it's the documents and the CBA is pretty thick. Yeah. So half of the battle is preparing because mm-hmm. it's quote unquote open book, open CBA, open computer, open oh. whatever. <laughs> I could pass that. Just but Google you- it. Well, it's timed. So, I mean, I think the the passing rate's about 38, 39%. Okay. So, it's pretty low, but I mean... Did you pass on the first try? Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Thanks. And if you don't, then you can take it one more time and then you can't take it again for five years. I might so. take it. I might take this just for fun. I like a nice challenge. Um. Okay. So, you pass the test. Yes. You become an agent. How do you get your first client? Because if it's anything... I know this isn't exactly the same, but like I first got my real estate license and... I have no experience. No one wants to use me because it's like, why would you use this new guy who's never done anything when you can use people with experience? Mm-hmm. How did you first get started and, and start to recruit clients? I think for me, that's a great question. And I think it's a challenge that most independent and or agents that don't necessarily understand the business or They pass the test and it's kind of like, okay, I have this license like you just said. For me, it was a bit different. While I was uh, getting my degree and while I was studying, I launched the agency. So the agency existed before the certification came. So at that point in time, pretty much I reached out to some agents in New York, DM'd them. DM is going to be a theme in this chat but that's, dms make the world go around yeah i mean business I, and personal <laughs> yeah not for me but <laughs> well, you, know, you know what i mean <laughs> i mean maybe someday no i know i i'm just saying like i know a lot of people that met their significant other through a dm yeah. which is a funny thing to say and it's not weird at all now it's the world we live in <laughs> yeah maybe someday but <laughs> anyways um dm them and basically just kind of said hey this is what I do, I can plan really freaking good events and this and this and this. And and at that point in time, they essentially opened up their clientele to me. And they were more focused on the, you know, there was a lawyer in the firm and then another agent that was, he was good. At, he's good at marketing as well. So we kind of collaborated together. And at that point, it becomes a uh, 
X, you know, this player will refer you to this. Yeah, it's just, a just like yeah. It's so that's kind of how it yeah. got started for me. I was able to develop a social media presence, a brand presence, because at the end of the day, we are our own brands. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I uh, right. got the sort of yeah, so it, that was huge for me because at the end of the day. Uh, the test falls on like a really, really shitty time. Mm-hmm. So the test, you take it in July uh, in D.C. After the draft. Yeah, it's yeah. after. But mm-hmm. you're you're you find out then it's like the, the craziest like five weeks waiting to find out if you passed. But uh, you find out starts, yeah. you find out in August. And at that point in time, you're essentially you're way behind yeah. for recruiting. So the first year is kind of a. It, it's really hard. So it was it was good for me to have that already set. Uh, but the first year is always going to be hard. But for me, um, how do you go about it? I mean, it can be like, I mean, we use social media quite a bit. Sometimes you might know someone on the coaching staff or a GA or word of mouth in that sense. And once again, I had already set myself up in a pretty good spot, in my opinion, because I was attending the combine for years and years before certification to already start meeting teams and scouts and people in the industry. So at and that point, and, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. at that point, even you, you already know, had those relationships. Yeah, so you're not like some newbie on the block saying, hey. You're like, hey, I'm, I'm Sam. I'm back. I know you now. I'm just an agent. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it was one of those things where I know a lot of agents kind of like make big deals of it. For me, it was just like, okay, now it's time for the work to start. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I view everything, even to this day. I mean, it's it's one of those things that there's always work to be done. That's that's great. I mean, you got to stay hungry and, and, you know, always trying to, to get better. You can never... Uh, just you know, sit back, sit back, and be like, "Hey, I did all this stuff. I mean, I made that mistake before, and it's like, okay, that's not gonna make me money in the future." So, I totally get that. Um, let's talk about your client that went to UCF, Kamar Aiken. He was a receiver at UCF from 2007 to 2010. So that was we're actually like the same age. That was I started UCF in in 07. Um, how did you get connected with Kamar? And um, I guess, what are you guys up to now? I mean, because he's obviously not in the league, but I... Yeah, he's doing a lot. <laughs> and yeah, that's for sure. And he'll be back in Orlando. But uh, Kamar and I got connected years and years ago, um, basically through some of my marketing efforts. Uh, it's Sports and entertainment is a very small world. And we connected while I was out in Atlanta um, for the Peach Bowl. He, was, he resides in... Uh, Georgia. Mm-hmm. So it really was just through marketing, word of mouth um, type of thing with the Legends community and even just the player community. It doesn't matter whether you're current or former or in that process of being a free agent. It's a very small, 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 small community. Yeah. So it's, it's word of mouth. And basically, when he decided, um, you know, eight years was enough which uh congratulations kamar he is absolutely defeated the odds and the numbers going from undrafted to eight years in the nfl is it's almost unheard of um so he had a great career great career with the ravens and he was on some 
uh, kind of not so good teams and still put up some good numbers. And it was awesome to see him keep getting re-signed. Mm-hmm. He definitely uh, prolonged, I guess, the, the the normal shelf life of an undrafted free agent. So was he still playing when he signed with you, or was he already retired? We were transitioning at the time. Okay. So at that point, um, you know, it's one of those things we always kind of think about it. I think it's it's a conversation that players have within first they have to have it within themselves and then their families and then everyone and and I think that Kamar was ready to take on the next business venture in his life um in retirement and uncertainty uh, is a huge thing with players that sign one year deals and and that's that's kind of the thing when you get into that avenue uh if Kamar you know would have stayed with the COVID year, I mean, it could have possibly been a situation where you have a veteran on a practice squad and, and that's very uncertain. So I think it's every player's different and every player's uh, reasoning for either deciding to stay and or, you know, remain in the free agent, you know, realm. Mm-hmm. It's different. Kind and of sitting there waiting maybe yeah, for the Yeah, I mean, it totally yeah. depends. And then sometimes it's for whatever reason, you know, whether it's a medical decision, whether it's I'm ready to take on this new venture of my life and and that's what he decided to do and he's actually coming back to uh orlando and is opening up a bar and grill it's miami grill it well grill and bar let me say it right <laughs> sorry Kamar. grill and bar that's different it sticks out though kamar's mm-hmm. grill and bar no it miami okay. yeah no <laughs> where where is it going to be located it's on orange blossom trail in the rosemont community so it's a little bit outside of ucf and it's um i will say it's it's going to be one of the bigger places in that area because there's there's a couple fast food places in that area but it's right off of the highway i want to say it's four four oh eight four seventeen or something. One of those two. I four. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. That you know what? It's Doesn't close matter. to downtown. We'll, we'll find it. When's it supposed to open? Um, that's something that I just voice messaged him. But it it should be, I'd say, within the next month. Okay, so it's definitely soon. And then is he going to open another location, possibly? That's TBD. Okay. TBD. Let us know about the opening. I'll make sure to promote it on social media. Love, you know, supporting our former players. Uh, Kamar's a great dude, and I'm, I'm glad to see him uh, transitioning into life after football well. You know, for a lot of people, they know, they a lot of players, for whatever reason, they don't think about it. But you're still young when you're out of the league. Like, mm-hmm. people retiring that are younger than me, and I mean, if you make enough money, that's fine. But I don't know. If it were me, I wouldn't want to just do nothing for the rest yeah. of my life. So that's awesome that he's, you know, venturing out into the business world. And uh, I think his restaurant and bar, or sorry, grill, grill and, ba- and bar. Grill? I know. I kept saying bar and grill because I feel like that's that what people rolls say normally. Yeah. yeah. No, change it up. It's good because, like, people won't forget this now. Grill and bar. Miami Grill and Bar. Yeah. Um, it's going to have a huge UCF presence, as you, I already showed you the uh, names yeah. of what will be hanging on the walls. So it'll be good. And yeah, just to kind of touch on that, I think it's it's something that we need to do a better job as agents. And I will I will make that statement very clear. We need to do a better job working with our players when they transition uh, out of the league into retirement, whether it's checking up on them or 
trying to help them find someone that can help them with their next ventures because you have to think about it as an agent. You know, if we're going to have this agent talk, you know, 101 here, we're literally holding their hand through the process right now. Think about going into the draft, going to training, um, helping them with pretty much everything as we should. And then throughout their time in the NFL, it really shouldn't change, in my opinion, when they retire. Obviously, it's going to look different. That's just what it is. And, and the relationships tend to change throughout the years. Sometimes players switch representation. That's a very, 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 very common thing. But <laughs> Emphasis on very. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, everyone does it the right way, but that's not always the case. But um, yeah, Business I can think, be nasty sometimes. I think it's important because I think that, like you said, with the retirement age being so young – it's it's very important that they feel like they have a purpose and they have yeah. the means to be able to to do what they're thinks. And I think our union does a great job with trying to push uh, their initiatives, athlete and and trying to uh, ask, you know, what else are you interested in? And I know I can speak on behalf of Kumar in this, too, where uh, one of the GMs he played for uh sat down with him and Ozzy Newsom. No. Oh. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> he he it was he was there for a, one season and he told him, you know, what do you want to do next? He kind of had that conversation with him about business and it wasn't about football. It wasn't okay, you know, talking about, oh, are you going to resign here? Are you going to whatever it was? Why are you going to retire? It was what's after football? And I think that's really powerful because in Kamar's career, that was the only GM that. Howie Roseman. No. It's, come on, it can't be. Well, actually, it's he Colts was. guy. He wasn't a GM at the time. Oh. But yeah, it was Chris Ballard. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. The Colts are. Yeah. Yeah. He built a really good team from absolutely nothing in the last few years. Yeah. yeah. I really so, like him a lot. Yeah. And that's huge. And, and Kamara said that, you know, he's going to call him and be like, well, this is what I'm doing. So it's really cool. And I think that that's something that once again, it stands out because it's really important uh, to to know what's next. Because, I mean, you think about it, even with with people, you know, if you lose a job or you're taking a career shift or something in your life is changing that you're completely accustomed to, it's going to create stress, anxiety, possibly depression. And that's no different for our athletes. And once again, I think that in recent times, unfortunately, we've seen some some of the darker side of things come to light a little bit. Um, I, think, I think it might even be magnified as an athlete because you're in the spotlight your whole life. You have mm -hmm. all this attention, and then all of a sudden, you don't have any of that anymore. Like, for me, like, one of the things I think of is, like, I think eventually realtors are going to be phased out by, like, Zillow and the internet or whatever. So I always think about, like, what I would do, mm -hmm. and that would stink. But, like, I've never had all this fame and people giving me all this attention and stuff. And then to have that stripped away, and then when you combine, you know, like, all the concussion stuff and whatnot, and also, I guess, like, the stigmas around being an athlete and – and mental health, and I just understand how it can be a very, very tough time for, for anyone, and I think athletes especially more. Yeah, I agree, and I think, too, it's 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 a huge conversation, but I think it's a conversation that we need to get a little, get a little more comfortable having 
and I hope we can get there. I think we will. I, I think we're on the right path, definitely. Yeah, we're we're opening. We cracked open the door. We cracked open the door, and I think that that's something that that's huge for us and and our players because there's there's just a lot of elements to it. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And then especially with with COVID this year, that's put a kind of a damper on on everything and everyone, and that's that's definitely been tough. Um, how was this year different for you? COVID wise, I know there's there's been all kinds of policies and stuff set in place. And what do you think the next year's gonna look like too? H- how has it affected? I guess what you do recruiting wise and also managing your players. Yeah, great question. It's funny. I was looking through memories of last year. We all would have basically been coming home from the combine right now, which is crazy to think. Seems like for it doesn't even seem like a year ago. Did we seems- miss the combine last year? I don't remember. No, we had a combine. So we had a combine in 2020, which is, like I said, it's really strange. Is that the last thing that happened before like yes. the world turned upside down? Yes, out? yes. Yeah, so. we're, we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of everything. And like pretty soon, that's going to be all my memories are going to be like these weird COVID posts. And I, know. I remember I was tracking like the graphs and stuff of the... I remember I took a selfie of me wearing a mask. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I remember people like... People thought masks were dumb, and then they like became a thing. But it really didn't matter at first because we didn't, we couldn't go anywhere. Like the whole world was locked down, and we're just sitting at home. There's no sports to watch. Tiger King, Tiger King got me through. I watched it like four times. Oh, never, never seen it. You haven't? It's part of your name. Yeah, Sam well, Tiger. I'm not affiliated with Tiger it. King. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't imagine you're affiliated with a uh, illegal tiger breeder in Oklahoma. Okay. Anyway, back to the question. (laughs) (laughs) So we're coming up on, yeah, we're coming up in the one year. So we would have been at the combine. So basically kind of to do a little short recap of what 2020 going into actually right now has looked like in the sports or the NFL agent world, get home from combine. And that's kind of when everything started to kind of pop up. And it was strange. I know that uh, I believe Oregon had their pro day. Some of the West Coast teams um, had their pro days. And this is pro day time. So I remember I had I had three to go to. I had one in North Carolina, Indiana, and then another here in Jacksonville. And ready to go. You know, you get your travel booked. It was one of those I was going to be on the road for probably like a week and a half straight. And I remember... You know, all of us agents are starting like group texts and stuff. And I'm like, I I think it was the, at the time, it was the Redskins, but the Washington football team, I believe they pulled their scouts off the road. And that's huge. And I had been texting like some scouts being like, are you still on the road? Are you still on the road? Are you still on the road? Because you know it's going to be, once one it's, it's dominoes. It's, it's yeah. done. It's like once the once the NBA canceled the one game. Yeah. Then it was, it was the whole the, season. The tournament the next day. too. Yeah. And then it, was it was the the NCAA tournament. The, the colleges they canceled. They started canceling one by one their conference tournaments. Oh, the mm-hmm. ACC still played. I remember there was a really funny picture with FSU, <laughs> uh, with their like trophy and no one there or something like that. But then yeah, I mean once one thing canceled, everyone did. It was like dominoes and. Uh, yeah, the, the world kind of got turned upside down for a bit. So what, what happened from there? Well, it was one of those things where, and that's, that's this is probably one of my biggest, I guess, it gives me a, a little anxiety as an agent is not having the answers. Usually I have an answer. I usually give 
the good and the bad okay best uh-huh. case scenario worst case scenario this is what it's probably gonna look like i told my guys i was like I don't know because at the end of the day, they're hearing stuff from their coaches. So Allen is messaging my linebacker from Indiana, Coach Allen, and saying, you know, we're going to try to hold a pro day. But right now the school, I mean, the school's shut down. So at the end of the day, realistically speaking and legally speaking, the school shut down. No one is there. They're not just going to open up the facility to hold a pro day. That's just what it is. So at that point in time, there started to become a trend of agents doing their own pro days. Yeah, virtual, but, YouTube. Yeah, and, but at that point too, at the, you have to think of it this way. Okay, so we're going to fund these pro days, which is fine. I mean, we have to do what you have to do and you have to be flexible and adaptable but we have to find someone to proctor this because i cannot just run the sam tiger pro day because all my guys are going to have a really great performance i mean come on yeah so you can just like hit the button a little quick on the 40 time i've always thought about that i mean and that's the same thing with training facilities so it kind of things move so quickly where the nfl's focus was okay what's going on with the draft and uh, on the agent side we're like okay how do we get our guys they, they've all been training so hard for the last you know six seven weeks and then they couldn't even do team visits or anything right no i mean everyone was completely at home they it, weren't even in the facility it's crazy to think about that because looking back now the big thing was like the unknown of the virus now knowing what we do all this stuff could have been done safely but you got to remember at the time like no one knew we thought, like, if you touch a door handle after someone touched yeah, the we door handle. Yeah, we were wearing gloves, yeah. Like, and now we know it's only from face-to-face contact. But at the time, it's like, all right, you can't be near anyone. So let's not uh, let's not forget that we weren't really overreacting at the time because no. we just didn't know about this thing. I no. want to make that clear because I was big, like, let's lock down, control this thing. We can mm-hmm. get back to normal in the beginning. So I'm not... Yeah. I'm not saying that we overreacted at all. No, anyway. no. And I think we all felt the same way in the NFL community. It was safety first. I was able to find a former, uh, actually, Buccaneer scout, um, XFL scout uh, to proctor a pro day. And we did it for our guys. And safely, we were able to do it. There was a training facility in uh, Lakeland, Florida, that really assisted really well with that. And that's what it was. We sent it out to teams. Now, did it? It's one of those things where you have to think about it this way, too. Sometimes it's very abrupt to start changing protocol. So you have to, you know, if if they never accepted videos, you know, you're not going to send teams videos. Teams are going to come out, scout do their thing their own thing exactly so now we're changing things in like two weeks and you have agents sending i mean you have to think of it from their side of things too they're getting all these different okay maybe some are sending phone clips some are sending full-on youtube i mean it's crazy i saw some that were like like dramatic they were like a feature presentation Mm -hmm. with like transitions and sound effects and slow-mo yeah the academy awards Yeah. yeah so we go through the draft and I mean, it was just, it was different and it was really different in the sense too, where you have to remember too, that we went from 90 to 80. So some of the players got signed. Yeah, I got signed undrafted 
And before they even made it into the facility, you're they ta- were... 90 to 80, you're talking about roster size, Correct. Right? Yeah, I mean, that, that so really that's, But that's a contract. So, mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, that player signs a contract mm-hmm. with their that club. So, whether or not, you know, they make the team, they're still on contract. So, they went through the OTA procedures, and that's another thing that changed. OTAs were virtual. Some teams chose to have them. Some teams chose not to. Uh, I want to say it was probably about, I think, 10 or 12 teams did have them a lot. I know the Saints were pretty much Sean Payton was like, just be ready. Come in when we're at training camp. You know, talk to you guys then. It's on you. Yeah. Yeah. So it just depends. But yeah, that's huge. And from an agent standpoint, that sucks. I mean, you have a player that. They don't get a chance to he prove didn't themselves. Even, he yeah. didn't even step foot in the door. So that was something that was really difficult. And it was one of those things that you think, there's nothing to say, I mean, other than this is what we're looking at and it's so unprecedented. And then even on our side of things, things really, when you think about it, from the time from March, April, May, June, that's really a short time frame for the NFL side and the NFLPA side to collectively bargain the right protocols, procedures, and things of that nature. So at the time, for me, in 2020, it was very frustrating because it was like, are there going to be mini camps? Are they going to be able to do it? Because there are so many players that were in that realm, you know, mm-hmm. where and a lot of players do end up going to training camp from mini camp. Yeah, a lot and, of a lot of the UCF guys are, you know, they're on the uh, the the mini camp roster and then mm-hmm. they end up getting signed on, yeah, the, on the practice squad. Exactly. But they would have never had that chance if, if it wasn't they didn't get that. Exactly. So it, it was very frustrating, and we were we were just being told what they knew and. That's kind of one thing about this virus that I think we all can agree on. We really, none of us really knew at any level or any capacity. Things changed so quickly. So fast forward to now, uh, when it came to recruiting, to touch on that, that was interesting because the NCAA granted uh, those uh, fall sports. And correct me, is it, was it spring and fall? An extra yeah, year of eligibility. Everyone got an extra okay. year as a bonus so, year. Everyone got an extra year of eligibility. So, what does that mean? If a player was going to be a part of the 2021 draft class, they, they, could, they could stay and play again. So, for me, <laughs> lucky me, <laughs> most of the guys that I was recruiting, it was kind of a no brainer where they wanted to go back to school. And I mean, it's it's something that as an agent and you talk with them, you talk with their families and you say, OK, this is what we're dealing with. This is where you're projected to go this year. And next year, it's going to look different because it's going to be a lot more crowded. We've never seen anything like this before. Because you're going to have a, a lot of extra people. Exactly. Yeah. So the people that would have kind of it, it kind of is. Uh, weeds not weeds out i don't know the right word to say but it balances itself that's that's a good word for Mm -hmm. it it balances uh next year is going to look a lot different and there are situations that i've discussed with some of my friends that are agents where they've said you know they've recruited players where they said if you come out this year you will be drafted if you stay next year you'll be lucky to sign a contract and i mean i think that's that's very strong and it's very 
I think it's 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 crazy. So this year there can be some really there's going to be some really uh, I don't want to say radical, but there'll be some very favorable things for a lot of players. And next year we will see. But but I mean it's kind of all in the same for me. I am just I'm having chats now with my 2022 guys. Hopefully I will be going to a couple of the spring games. And UCF. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All I already right. told you that. Nice. So. I know. Just yeah. Le- leading you into that one there. Unfortunately, I won't be able to make it, but uh, he'll yeah. be in Vegas. Yeah. Um. Sorry, mom. No. <laughs> Bachelor party. I can't help it. Um. No. That. That's awesome, though. And uh, you know, it's it. It's been weird for everyone, and uh, hopefully things are starting to get you know back to normal. I guess, but um, it's affected everyone and every every little aspect of life. We've kind of just played the hand we've been dealt. Uh, I mean, luckily for for me, things have worked out really well. I mean, like when 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 COVID started, I'm like, all right, well, I got you know this much money coming in in closings, and that can maybe last me a year if I don't make any more money. Because like we all thought the world was ending at first; mm-hmm. it was crazy, and now everything's kind of getting back to normal. And you know, for real estate, it's been great. Um, for other things, I think we're just getting back there. But uh, you know. A lot of people have been hurting really bad, and I'm just thankful that I think we're on the other side of the hump with this, and we're mm-hmm. starting to get back to normal. I think this will be kind of like the last summer or so mm-hmm. that we really have to deal with anything, but fingers crossed, and I mean, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised um, at, at anything that, that really happens. Um, so how is COVID going to affect, I guess, this next upcoming season, or kind of what's going on with that? We had a call, actually not a call, we had our NFL agent seminar that usually is at the Combine this past, uh, last week, and it was different. I I did it from uh, my bed. Zoom. Zoom, and (laughs) yeah, from my bed, usually we're in a huge conference room, and it's it's one of those uh, times where everyone is in one place, and it's crammed, and it's it's always interesting, because there's an open mic time and in person it didn't really happen this year get up and tell jokes no (laughs) no but it's to to argue to to bring all the lawyers uh to the to the mic to debate and it's always very entertaining oh i'm sure oh trust me but um this year really that was one of the big or actually the first questions asked what is going on for this like let's just go into it are we going to go in at 80 for the rosters, mm-hmm. um, are we going to have a preseason? Because once again, that that really impacts a lot of players didn't, on making did, that fifty-three man roster. Didn't they agree in the last CBA to cut the preseason too? I don't even remember because it changed so many times. It changed, and and just kind of to echo or add to that, the preseason, the roster size. Opt-outs, probably. Um, what else? OTAs. That has to be collectively bargained, meaning so the PI and the NFL have to discuss and come to an agreement on that. So negotiated, I mean, yeah, exactly. So it has to. Uh, they they have not announced anything yet, but if I had to take an educated guess from the seminar, I think we're going to probably be looking at uh, situations like last season Uh um, based on they're basing it on science they're basing it on uh the ability for people to be vaccinated and and i mean with as they should i mean 
You have to think about how are we going to make these decisions. Just so, vaccinate all the players. Wouldn't that work? And the coaches? I don't know. That's not my <laughs> job, and I'm glad it's not. But um, I mean, they NFL's got. I think a shit it's on. It's on the country too, though, because you have to think about it this way too. The players go home. We didn't have a bubble like the NBA did. So no games canceled either. Incredible. Great job with NFL and their whole operation staff and everyone with that. That's absolutely. I mean, got kind of dicey toward the middle. Yeah. They were really shifting. I, honestly, I thought it was great. Like when, that one week when we had a Monday night, a Tuesday night, a Wednesday night, a Thursday night <laughs> game. I'm like, this yeah. is amazing. We should have. Well, I shouldn't say we should have COVID. We should have these weird games yeah, every don't year. Now you know what I mean, though. It, it made it fun. Like Wednesday night football, Tuesday night football. Yeah, Hello? but that's not ideal. So no, it sucks. This is one thing, though. I think they, the NFL, in order to stay on schedule, really sacrificed like. Some of the health and safety of the players, because these teams were like not practicing for two weeks and then having to force to play a game. And I feel like the injury risk was a lot higher than the risk of COVID. But, you know, the optics were good. It's like, hey, we stuck to our schedule. But was it really worth it? Like the product on the field, the the Broncos, that Broncos game was terrible. They had no quarterbacks. Shout out Blake Bortles for not wearing a mask. You could have gotten a start that week, but whatever. Um yeah, I don't know. But anyway, they powered through it. You know, I guess it really didn't affect that much anyway because the teams that were affected by COVID didn't end up being that good. I mean, the Steelers were a fraud. Uh, you don't have to comment <laughs> on this. The Broncos were decimated by injuries. They never really had a chance. So That was crazy. I have to say that was something that was, uh, you know. But I do have to say that, and this is definitely an agent comment, the player that stepped in, uh, I believe he hadn't played quarterback since high school. The, fact fact play, check that. He played like three games at Wake Forest as okay. a starter. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, so nothing. So he yeah. stepped in. I believe he was elevated from the practice squad, uh-huh. if I'm not mistaken. Had more interceptions and completions. It but doesn't for, matter. No, I know. I, good for him. That's insane. I mean, that's something that, you know, once again, as an agent, it's it's one of those things where, you know, you come in and things like that. You don't expect that to happen. You know, if, if you're going to be elevated from the practice squad, you're going to play your position. Like if you're I think he's what receiver was it? He was a receiver. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in NF, like look at players that were great in college and do crappy in the NFL. Well, yeah, that's- this guy barely played quarterback in college. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, mean, that's an insanely tall tor- so order to ask. I commend him for that, and then he took no, it. No, he, he, he did was, awesome. Yeah, yeah, so it's 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 other it's just reason. crappy that they put him in that position. Like, well, just I reschedule saw, the I game. Saw, I saw some rallying for one of the coaches to come in. And yes, play. I was that, like, that would be the most so, twenty twenty thing. That was Rob ever. Rob Calabrese, former UCF quarterback. He he was like. Um, He's an offensive assistant or something, or a quality mm. quality control analyst. But I guess he knew the offense better than the practice squad receiver, mm. or knew Pro- the quarterback yeah, quarterback position at least. Mm-hmm. And uh, he ran on the scout team a little bit in practice, but they said uh, they said you couldn't do that. It would set a bad bad precedent. But yeah, well, no, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot why, of things wrong. Why with can't that. you sign a coach to like a contract? It's just like a guy off the street, right? No. No. What is a guy off the sideline? I then? mean, yeah, but I mean, he's he's on coaching. I mean, I know that this is off topic, but I know that there was someone who, uh, it was a hockey story, and I think it was just like a year or two ago. It the was backup goalie thing. 
Yeah, the he was he drove the Zamboni and then yeah. he came in. Yeah. So but the, that's gonna be different. Hockey's different because so so every team has three goalies and then for each game there's a designated emergency backup. And he could go for either team. And a lot of the time it's just some guy like the guy played rec league hockey, but he happened to be the Zamboni driver and I guess the three goalies for one team got hurt, and they put him in, and he he played and like won the game, which is incredible. I think they're actually making a movie about it because that's that's an awesome story. But yeah, hockey's hockey's totally yeah. Different. You're just you're not gonna switch from team to our side like that fast. <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. Yeah. Um. Anyway, all right. Let's let's talk about more fun stuff. Enough enough dumb COVID. Uh, I think we've all heard enough about that in the last year or so what's one thing about your job that people would be surprised about or like something that people don't regularly think you would do i don't know um i mean it it's not like ballers but i think people know that but i don't think people do i I don't know i mean it it depends on who you're asking (laughs) it's like it's not a funny joke anymore too oh you're the female jerry Maguire. I guess the only thing that I would say is, like, help me help you. Like, seriously, help me help you guys. Come on. Like, I mean, I actually do say that a lot as a joke. Right. Uh, I think it is really there is so much on the back end that goes into it for so many of us. And I can only speak on behalf of agents like myself, mm-hmm. um, independent to midsize agents, uh, agencies. And I think that it's... There's a lot to it, and there's so much work leading up to that contract negotiation. So I think everyone thinks about, oh, okay, you know, we're negotiating contracts with teams. You're lucky to get there, and exactly, I don't, I don't exactly. even, and I That's don't. That's what I'm asking about. I don't, Tell us more. Yeah, I don't mean in the sense that, um, you know, you're a crappy agent. It's so hard in the sense too. You know, you might have a player that two teams like and it just doesn't end up working out he gets cut and or he doesn't have a mini camp workout or i mean there are just so many different factors that go into it that it's hard and i mean even going before that even just getting the player i mean there are there's 850 ish of us agents and i believe you know, I don't know the percentage because I try not to look at it too much. But um, Rosenhaus, Dr- Rosenhaus, like half of them. Yeah, <laughs> he has like ninety-eight active players, which is crazy. Yeah, and so so there's what like twenty-five hundred something active roster spots. Add in practice squad, which practice squads got bigger. I guess that's one yeah, silver gonna, lining yeah. with COVID. But say you know, I don't know, three thousand total active players or players that have exactly. the potential to play in 800 so agents. everyone's going after and, the same people. If you're good at scouting, that's that's one of the things, too. That's that's a whole nother kicker in this. And it's not, as a female, I can say, too, I see some really bad scouting in men. Sorry, guys, but I'm not really offended. bad. Men are idiots. I can Well, no, and I mean, it's one of those gender. things that there are so many different aspects to it, and I think there's a lot of uh, components but I think it's just getting to that contract is is huge. Whether it's you know it's their rookie contract or uh, the second contract, the second That's contract, the most important yeah, thing. that yeah. I mean it is. Uh, but getting there can be very hard, and it's 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 hard because a lot of players will try to they'll get poached uh, from larger agencies from a smaller agency, yeah, from first to second, 
and it's it's difficult and the nflpa can't police everybody Mm -hmm. so it's it can be difficult but i think it does kind of go back into the relationship side of things that i i try to do a good job with it that my guys know like i have their back and right you know okay uh how about this totally off subject all right how does like leaking of contracts and stuff like that work to the media how do Adam Schefter and like Ian Rappaport always have the stuff first. So they just know all the agents or like they know the GMs or do you know anything about this? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think that, you know, the agents will discuss things with them. We have access to like I have access right now to pretty much everyone's contract. Like Okay, so that's it. that's like public info, kind of. No, it's agent info. Well, I know, but it, so, once more than one person has something, it's exactly, not a secret. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah. So, so, yeah, pretty much. Okay, how about this? Uh, who's the most famous person on your phone? <laughs> I always say if someone gets my phone, it's a... Um, hmm, you're putting me on the spot here. Yeah. I don't know, famous, I was in what? I don't know. Like followers wise, in twenty twenty one, that might be the most, the best way to benchmark famousness. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess. Do you have Drew Rosenhaus' number? No. Can you even? Can anyone even talk to him, or is he just like untouchable? Yeah, you can definitely talk to him. Can I call? I mean, I don't have his number. I'm good. <laughs> uh, Jadavian Clowney. Um. Oh, nice. I mean, he's cool. He's funny. Clowney play. Uh, we played against him. He had a he had a pretty good game. That was our one loss in the 2013 Fiesta Bowl year. Actually, was the South Carolina at home. We only lost by three. I mean, I think if you go from like fame wise, and this isn't a sports reference, uh, Corey Wharton from Teen Mom OG has so many. I don't even a million followers. I don't I even know, know what that is. Well, it's a funny story actually. So Fred Jackson. Bill's running yeah. back. Oh, he, legend, yeah. Yeah, literally legend. Uh, we were doing his camp in Buffalo, and we always do. It's such a fun weekend, and I can't wait till we can do it again. Uh, we do a... Oh, yeah, you're a Buffalo chick, right? Well, I'm not. No, I'm not from Buffalo. But you're like a... But I got a bunch of Bill's guys. There you go. I got okay. the Bill's crew. Yeah, we and, gave um, Davis for life. Like, Yeah, I mean, you're, you're the epitome of Bill's mafia. <laughs> what does that mean? I mean, I would jump through a table for you. Anyone. Would jump through a table. Yeah. You can. You can drink. I can drink. That's it. Okay, I'm a. I'm honorary Bills Mafia. Let's go. I actually had a Bills shirt on yesterday. So yeah, he wore an OJ shirt or jersey. Oh, yeah. to a Bills game. I did wear or an a OJ Bills, jersey. Not a game. A, a watch party. The playoff game. All right. Yeah. So tell me about. Uh, so Corey. so yeah. So we're we do this camp and I plan the logistics of it and we have. Olive fried some of his uh, Aaron Williams, one of my guys, Stevie Johnson, another one. We've got. I, I love Stevie Johnson. Oh yeah, he's he, literally, he just texts me. Yo, but, <laughs> yeah. Can we call him? No. <laughs> I mean, we could, but um, I don't want to ask him. <laughs> I mean, we could, but um, basically, I see on the Corey Wharton. I'm like, who's Corey Wharton? Was that a player? Like, I never heard of. So I Google him, and I'm like, oh wow! Like one of the other agents, uh, Fred's agents, um, was like. I'm like, do you know who Corey Warren is? He's like, nah, but I mean, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Trying to look him up right now. You know, he's got a million followers, and he's got a million followers. Yeah. Okay. And so he's on MTV, and I'm like, oh, you know, whatever, cool. So I mean, I'm stressed out. You know, we we go from having a happy hour open bar at night to waking up at the crack of dawn with a you know 100. 
50 kids. Children, so, yeah. Yes. Oh, so, fun. Yeah, I mean, it's always absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So we get to the event, and I'm talking to Corey, and I didn't realize it was him. And I was like, are you a player? And he was like, I'm Corey Wharton. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't realize it. And I was like. Are you still a player? Like, <laughs> No, but I mean, nicest guy ever. You know, I think he liked that. So I think he's probably like the most quote unquote famous person. Whenever I tell younger people about I've never him, even heard. I still they're like, <gasps> so I don't know. That's probably it. He was on MTV's The Challenge, too. He looks like he could be a player. Yeah, definitely. He's in shape. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, that's uh, that's interesting. Stevie Johnson. Man, I miss him. He was a he was a really good receiver. It was a steal in the draft. I remember too. Was on some not good Bills teams, unfortunately. But uh, Stevie Johnson. Let's call him. Okay. Put it in the microphone. See if he answers. I wouldn't answer. I talked to him yesterday. He, oh. Stevie, I'm on a podcast right now, and the podcast host is like a huge fan of yours, so I just wanted to uh, <laughs> say hello. I can't even hear you. What? Hey, what's up, dude? The service is bad. Just want to say hi. You're on my podcast. Huge fan. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Stevie. All right. I'll text you back. Bye. Yeah. All right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should have did it on facetime audio whatever oh. it uh it counts that was cool um okay so cory warren most famous person so do you represent him no you represent anyone that's not a football player yes uh Ooh. trey forte from love island season two uh he actually played at ohio state and kind of transitioned into the reality tv space so work with him what's he do now uh we're working on getting him back on tv but you know collaborations fit actually i actually know who that is so yeah yeah love island that that was a fun show during uh during quarantine or whatever they had them all up in vegas right yes yeah you watched that show i watched a little bit of it stevie's texting me oh but (laughs) it's like it's going in and out it's a stupid service here what are you doing i'm sending him a picture (laughs) How do I look? How's my hair? You look happy. All right, cool. But anyways, he's great. Okay, so something about Trey, and I get asked this a lot, how did you transition into that space? Corey actually is the reason why I kind of became open to it because Corey had said we had discussed things about the entertainment industry out in California, uh, about agents out there, and he just kind of was saying that – it it wasn't he wasn't really sold on it i mean Uh he's from michigan he's a really down-to-earth nice 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 guy and at that point in time it kind of made me think i was like well obviously it it referred to me back to the conversation with the football players when i was working in college football where they just felt a disconnect and you shouldn't have that no you should you shouldn't have that and it's not that hard in my opinion uh but once again i am I, this is what I do 24-7, 365. Uh, so that kind of got me thinking. With Trey, it was really interesting. He had actually reached out to me prior to being on uh, Love Island and, and reached out about, it was during COVID. So it was March-ish, probably a little bit. Yeah, early March, so almost a year. And asked about football opportunities. And I was like, I got to be honest with you. 
I don't know, man. Yeah. Like the XFL just got canceled. You know, the NFL, I don't really know what's going on. So it's like the worst time possible. Yeah, to and try I and, said, you know what? Yeah. This is what I can do. I will keep you updated with my clients because I sent out like a bi weekly email. Mm-hmm. And is that I, twice a week or twice a month? Twice a month. Okay. Bi monthly? I don't know. That might mean every two months. I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. Anyway, I'll see how much I know that, about I pay know. schedules and all that. Fun I don't. Stuff. I don't honestly don't think anyone really knows. We what both. That stuff we means. both are commission based people, so that's why we don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, I get paid when my guys get paid. I, know I, that's I get paid when I make sales. So anyway, so <laughs> so anyways, I I told him I said I put you on the email, and that's what it was. And in the emails, honestly, this is another COVID downer thing. I was like, sorry guys, don't know canceled don't know you know nfl everybody's sitting at home still but fast forward i'm sitting on my bed watching flipping through the channels and i mean i did catch up on all my bad reality tv i love bad reality tv i love reality tv i get so into it and and i saw him like that's that's trey i was like no shit yeah and he's on love island Trey, you know this. I couldn't really, I couldn't watch it. I was like, I watched some of it. I watched when you were on, then I fast forwarded. But at that point after we connected and I said, hey, you know what? That was awesome. That's so good to see. And we had dinner. We decided, you know, our everything kind of aligned together. And, you know, I asked him and he told me, he's like, you stood out to me because you did what you say you were going to do. Mm-hmm. And that was keep me posted, and you did. Be honest and upfront. Exactly. So I think that's something that that says a lot, and that's really how I made the transition. It works for me, and it works for him. Would that work for everybody? Probably not, but that's the thing about this business, whether it's an athlete or an entertainer or really anybody. I'm not for everybody, and everybody's not for me. Yeah, no, and that's good. You're not like a blanket, I'll take anyone type agent, but – that's awesome that you're able to branch out from something other than football too, because that's a huge market as well. And I think you can, you know, really help him out with marketing opportunities and stuff like that when he's probably not that, um, I don't know, savvy with doing that. Like everyone needs an agent, I feel like, right? Yeah, that's a, (laughs) well, I mean. Well, I guess I'm kind of asking someone that's biased, but I mean. I mean, I do have to say, and we discussed this on my podcast, there are some athletes that do not have agents, Lamar Jackson, Richard Sherman, and that it, one lineman for the Ravens. Too. Yeah, there's, there's, there's. It's becoming more of a trend, but I do think that that doesn't change the fact that they might not have an agent negotiating their NFL contracts for them. They have people that work with them that would fall under. A quote-unquote agency. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, not everybody, and I'm a big Richard Sherman fan, not everybody is Richard Sherman. You know, sometimes people are nervous when they're talking to other people or yeah. the background. But they're not good at negotiation. Exactly. Sometimes over, you yeah. don't have that. So I think it's it's not for everybody. And sometimes, too, you got so many other things to focus on it might not be the best fit to to represent yourself in in contract negotiations. I definitely agree with that. Uh, you know, that's like, I guess for me, some people want to sell the place themselves. And actually, the guy that just called right now, he was someone that was trying to sell his own place. 
and then got fed up with it and hired me. And I've had more showings in the last two days than he he did in the last two months because mm-hmm. and he was like, look, I'm, I'm tired of this. I don't understand it. I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's why my job exists. So exactly. you don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. You can bring me off a little piece and I'm going to get you a better price than you would have on your own. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, let's talk. Let's circle back to UCF. Gus Malzahn. The fan base is super excited about this. Um, forget about Josh Hype or whatever. He's in the past. Gus Malzahn, I mean, I was not sold on him at first. I'm like, we're getting, you know, a fired leftover coach. I spent two minutes researching him and realized he's a hugely successful SEC coach. He lasted over a decade in the SEC, which just doesn't happen for coaches most of the time. He beat Nick Saban three times, did lose to us in the Peach Bowl, but I mean, that was one of the best teams in college football history, let's be real. What can you tell me about Gus Malzahn, and what are your thoughts on him as a hire for UCF? I think it's a great hire. I worked with Auburn when they were in the uh, Chick-fil-A kickoff game in Atlanta and played Louisville, and I think he brings a level of professionalism and um, etiquette that really just speaks for itself. And I, I've seen that level of, of etiquette and professionalism working with programs like Alabama. I want to say Georgia Tech. There's just it's a presence and it's something that you can't necessarily describe. It's uh-huh. just there. It's he radiates a presence that everyone kind of gets on and it, it really trickles. Into, Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's a professional presence. It's this is this is business, but and that's important. I mean, I think that he definitely, it's a great hire. And I think it's something for UCF to be very, very excited about. And I know the players are excited about the other coaches that are coming on with him. And I, I think it's just, it's a great move for UCF. I think that uh, even from like a recruiting standpoint moving forward, I think it's it's going to open a lot of uh, opportunities. I think players are now, from at least what I'm seeing, there's there's so much talent that's being dispersed outside of the SEC and the ACC. Uh, I think it's it's something it's it's a step in the right direction. I really feel. I feel I I don't know like as a fan I've been like re-energized, revitalized. Gus's social media presence is amazing. Like he actually tweets, and it's not just stuff that was sent to him by you know, the social media people at UCF to, to, to you, to, you know, click send on open mm-hmm. doors. Like he actually has a personality. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not, oh, whatever. <laughs> but uh, no, I feel like we're re-energized, revitalized. We've been sending out offers to guys that were like not even offerable, kind of like above us before. I mean, we're sending out a ton of offers to like these top blue, you know, blue chip prospects. And it's awesome. I feel like we we're just selling ourselves short uh, before that. And then, you know, like you said, he's assembled a, a, like an all-star assistant coach staff. I mean, you know, everyone kind of wanted, you know, our old OC, Jeff Levy, to come back. And there was a little bit of letdown. But once Gus stepped in the building, started hiring everyone, I just feel like we're super revitalized. And it's great hearing it from you, like a third party that's not affiliated with us, but someone that's worked a lot with the Auburn program to kind of confirm that. Um, I couldn't be more excited for this next year, so... Auburn, it just it it screams just the next level, in my opinion. I think the players just there are players you remember working with in college football and Auburn, that program in general from top to bottom 
just just stands out in absolute professionalism, etiquette, just just everything. And I mean, you know, one of the things that stood out to me too was when Gus got hired by UCF, the amount of support from current and former Auburn players that mm-hmm. were being like not just saying, you know, congrats coach, but telling UCF like you guys got a great hire. I mean, it really spoke volumes. I didn't see anyone saying that to Tennessee, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> you don't have to say anything about that. I mean, that's and my stance on this whole thing is pretty much well known. Um, anything else? Do you have any questions for me or anything else you want to talk about that I didn't cover? Hmm. So you develop relationships mm-hmm. uh, with the players. Mm-hmm. How do you help them out? I, I know you discuss things and and, I mean when does that relationship develop with you and and I know you know at what capacity because I I know that they think extremely highly of you so I'm just curious about that well I I appreciate that um I mean you know I mean if they're asking you about agents that's (laughs) that's something so there's certain things that well first of all I'm not allowed to talk to any player I'm not allowed to contact any players unless I go through uh, student information directory, SID, whatever it's called, student information director at UCF. But if someone reaches out to me directly, then, you know, I'm not gonna, not going to ignore them. I've always had, um, I, I don't know, this goes way back. I think, I think the first player I had a good relationship with was Tristan Hill. And we met each other when he was a freshman. And I think he was like 17. And dude was just an absolute beast. But I could tell, I mean, I'm like, yeah, this kid, I mean, he's gonna, he's gonna be in the spotlight really, really soon. You know, he came in as a freshman and was just like clearly better than most people his age. And I was like, you know, I want to I, I want to be I want to talk to this kid. I want to make sure he stays on the right track. And, you know, there were some speed bumps and stuff on the way, but I think it was it was helpful to, to be there for him and give him advice in certain situations. And I think when other people found out about that, they've I don't know, just kind of wanted to talk to me about those certain things as well, because I've. I've seen Tristan go from, you know, a 17-year-old kid to a second-round draft pick for the Cowboys. And, uh, you know, it, it's definitely been awesome to, to see him thrive. He's in his third year, and I think he's got a good NFL career ahead of him. Yeah, I think it's important, too. Uh, we, I call it what do I call it? support system. I think that it's always good to have people that understand the process because sometimes – the the families don't and and that's they're not supposed to how would you what? it's a very it's a very aggressive and it's a very fast process where and every every situation is going to be different some players i've had situations where i'm recruiting a player where they don't want to talk to an agent like december and uh-huh. i'm and that's, they don't want to be distracted that's, that's craziness in my opinion because i mean you're gonna have 50 depending on where you're projected uh, but I think it's something that with me, I mean, I answer all the questions and I'm going to be honest. It's tell it how you it know, is. Yeah. It's it is what it is. You know, you can't an agent signing with one agent. And, and I think that's a huge this is a huge misconception. Signing with an agent is not going to change your draft projection, your draft stock. So if you're an agent and I'm an agent and we have a player that's projected to go, let's let's say the fifth round. Mm-hmm. So the, that's you got some wiggle room there, depending on your pro day, depending on if you're in the combine, whatever it may be. So oh. you can go maybe from like fifth to fourth, maybe or mm-hmm. fifth to sixth, or I mean maybe you know there are some situations. Tristan Hill went from like 
mid, like end of third, top four to round two because he absolutely killed the combine. Yeah. And we see that a lot with UCF players because, like it or not, people just don't watch as much, like draft scouts just don't watch as much uh, American Conference film as they do with the Power Five schools. But I mean, I think the misconception is an agent changes it because we don't. We don't. So you're saying if we both represent the same player. He's going to go in the same. Where he represented himself. Yeah. It's going to be in the same. I mean. But agents will try and sell players on that. And I I understand. Or it's it's a misconception. You don't even have to sell it. You don't have to sell it. Uh, So you're saying there's agents that don't come in and say, hey, if you you sign with me, you're going to get drafted higher. Well, if they have four, five, six, seven, eight first round draft picks. The player's automatically going to think, oh. Exactly. This, I'm going to be one. Yeah. I'm go- that's going to yeah. be me. But that's not but true. But it's not true because you're not. That player might be an old lineman and you're a, a receiver. Yeah. And that, I mean, there are so many components to it that that's a huge misconception. And it's it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating to us. Yeah, no, I I, I totally get that. But, you know. As a player going through this process or as a family member, I mean, you're getting told you got a million people talking in your ears left and right. You're getting told a million things. You don't know how to sort it out. So I can get how that's confusing and frustrating. I can get how people don't want to talk to anyone till December, which could be a mistake. And I can get how players end up choosing agents that don't, you know, aren't really the best fit for them. Yeah. Because it's a lot and it's new. And I mean, these are kids. Like, I'm still... Not the best at decision making. I'm 32, <laughs> so you know. I mean, it, it's all it's all a learning process for everyone. But it's cool to hear from you that you're very honest and upfront. And I think, actually, know that I could, you know, we could talk to any of any of your players that you represent, and they would absolutely say the same thing. Yeah. And and that's important because in any business like this, your word is everything and if you break that once then you lose trust in everyone and that's all we've got at the end of the day so that's it definitely is, cool. and, it, and it's one of those things you have to be honest with what can you guarantee i i was recruiting a player and he's going to actually be playing another season this year and if he would have came out he would have been about a third fourth rounder went out there and spoke with him in person and i mean we sat face to face and i told him okay for me, this is exciting news. It's great news. I mean, mm-hmm. I said, so if you come out now, you're at like the third, fourth round range. You know, they're obviously you're not going to play in the senior bowl given you're a junior. And some of the all-star games have already been canceled. It's up in the air. But that's just where you're at. It's something to think about. Mm-hmm. Here you go. But it's your decision. I did say, you know, next year, I can't give you certain answers. I do believe things will be more back to normal in 2022 given the country will be more vaccinated and x y and c but once again i cannot guarantee and he said and this wasn't anything to try to get me to say to match it or anything he goes i've talked because i always ask it so i know your other agents are reaching out and this Mm -hmm. and that and i mean this is a face-to-face meeting too not zoom or anything i flew out there to meet with him right and he said I had an agent say that if I stay, I'm a guaranteed first round pick. And I said, I can't guarantee you that there was no hesitation in my mind because I can't guarantee that. No one can guarantee no that. No one can guarantee that. You know who was a, a guaranteed number one uh, overall pick? Who was that USC quarterback? He ended up uh, – Matt Barkley. Matt Barkley was supposed to be number one overall if he came out. He stayed 
His offensive line sucked the next year. He ended up getting drafted in the fourth round by the Eagles and never did anything. And he was supposed to be guaranteed. I'm <laughs> he's sure he's on the Bills. <laughs> oh, he still plays. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, he was not. He was not a one-one. Here's another example. On the opposite is Joe Burrow. No one talked about Joe Burrow, yeah. and then all of a sudden, like four games into the 2019 season, is the consensus number one overall draft pick. Yeah, I think the closest and what I can say in like recent times to a guaranteed first rounder was Andrew Luck. I think that was, yeah, I mean that was a very solid. But if you're not Andrew Luck, then he was one of the highest rated prospects ever until Tre- Trevor Lawrence is another example. But like. Besides those guys, you have one off year. Exactly. Like, look at Ed Oliver for Houston. He was projected top. He ended up getting drafted high, but he definitely slid by saying his senior year in, uh, in Houston, I believe. So, yeah, I mean, nothing's guaranteed in this. No, you can't guarantee. You can improve or you could, you know, decline. And sometimes, or sometimes you just stay about the same. Yeah, and, you know, there's always injury risk too. And then, especially with, like, you know, a lot of skill position players, you know, uh, especially running backs, one year extra is one year off your lifespan. I mean, you're, you know, it, it's like a like a ticking time bomb. Once mm-hmm. you get close to 30, no one really wants you anymore unless you're Frank Gore. I mean, because you know the performance just oh, isn't there. Well, you can get someone younger and at a different price. I mean, that's just what it is. And, and it's it's something that a lot of free agent players don't want to hear, but that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but... It's it's tough though. Someone sometimes you just gotta you know you gotta tell people the truth whether they want to hear it or not. So um, all right, well, awesome. This has been so much fun. We should definitely do this again. Thank you so much for joining the show, Sam. Thank you for having me. Yes, and uh, we got to get Kamara on next. Deal. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Uh, I'll talk to his agent. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think she's okay. <laughs> all right, sounds good. Thanks. All right, that was an awesome interview with Sam. Definitely awesome having her in studio and on the show and looking forward to talking to Kamar and supporting his restaurant as well. Be on the lookout for more information for that on you know all of our uh, social media. By the way, whether you're looking to buy or sell a home in Orlando or anywhere across the nation, Let Nighthouse Network match you with an experienced realtor. At closing, we make a donation in your name to the Keep Charging On Fund. We match you with an experienced realtor that's a UCF supporter. And best of all, it's 100% free. Buy nights, four nights, supporting nights. Visit nighthousenetwork.com for more information. All right, last up, we've got Moose Mailbag. Thank you guys for all your questions as usual. First up, we've got Honest Night. Why isn't UCF women's basketball not ranked? Doesn't make any damn sense. Moo, what do you think? Well, I don't really know much about women's college basketball rankings, but the thing is, is that, I mean, just general numbers, like they only do a top 25, but there's 64 teams that still make it into the tournament. So you figure the 25, like you're only going to be like a five seed. (laughs) <laughs> even if if you're ranked and we're planning on being an 11 seed so yeah i mean we're fine and plus i mean usf was barely getting any recognition and they were better than us you know resume wise and then we beat them once and i don't know if they do any more re- rankings so 
the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. I think we're going to make the tournament regardless. And uh, yeah, rankings are stupid, like we've always talked about. All right, next question. What do you got, Moo? Next one is from Justin at PlainGuy04. What's one weakness of Gus Malzahn that we should be prepared for? Um, I heard his wife is awesome at recruiting, and he likes Waffle House. So that might so that's be a weakness. Well, it's not first watch. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm grasping at straws. By the way, I'm about halfway through his book, and I can't really finish the rest because it's like too football-y. Like, I don't really understand what they're saying. But in general, it's very refreshing. This guy is an offensive genius. And I talked about it last show. He was a high school state champ. I've said it a million times. He literally wrote a book on the no-huddle offense. And this was published in like 2000. I know he's progressed since then. Super excited for him to come and use all the talent we have available at UCF. So yeah, his weakness might be uh, Waffle House. (laughs) I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, sure. I mean, he's not like a brand new coach with some system that no one's ever heard of. Like, or, or obviously, a co- he wrote the book. Or a coordinator that's never managed a team, which I think was one of Heupel's downfalls. It's like he was a good coordinator, but some of his game management stuff was terrible. Like, we don't have that. Like, there's no breaking in period. This guy knows exactly yeah. what he's doing. Yep, I agree. And I think he's hired some, you know, younger talent on his staff that can gel with him as being kind of like the main leader that way they can all you know focus on their own departments exactly exactly i man i think everything's just gonna mesh together really well and uh you know like i said 12 and 0 conference championship 13 semifinal 14 national championship 15 why not dream big Well, right. that, that was a great answer to a what's someone's weakness <laughs> question. All right. We're going to win the title. <laughs> Last question here. MD Knight 2016. Thank you as always for always responding. I know the season's technically going on, but man, I'm excited for next year's men's basketball team. Do you think next year is an NCAA team? Then he follows it up with, for reference, the team brings everyone back except Darius Perry. Brandon Mahan and Avery Diggs, they also bring in a top 100 recruit, Darius Johnson. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think with Johnny Dawkins at the helm, we always have a chance to be an NCAA tournament team. Now, it always depends on, A, how good the conference is going to be. This year, you know, we only have one ranked team, but Wichita State's also going to be a very hard out. Colin Smith also comes back. Um, Yeah, like you said, with Johnny Dawkins... At the helm, I think anything's possible. And, you know, this team started off great with those wins against FSU and Auburn, and then COVID really derailed us. And as you've seen over time, you know, we kind of fell off track. And then as we got to play together more and more, this team's really gotten hot. And I think no matter what happens to end this season, we'll continue that into next year. So I think definitely next year we can be a tournament team. All right, anything else? No, I think that's pretty much it. Continuing to watch UCF baseball, we did have two big wins over the number one ranked team, Ole Miss, and then for some reason we just, I don't know, <laughs> fell off the wagon, got swept by Liberty. We play uh, play up to our tough, opponent or something. In a tough series, yeah, it just it's like hot and cold, but good thing about being hot and cold is... 
in college baseball, if you get hot at the right time, make a good run, and you can win the whole thing. So There's always a path to the playoff. Or as um, – what was that coach? Terry uh, coached no one like. On the road to Omaha or whatever. So, you know, it's good to show flashes of – I mean, it sucks, obviously, to beat the number one team twice and lose four games in a row. But it also shows that the talent's still there. We just got to get it all together, you know? So, yeah, you know, and there's lots of time left between now and, uh, you know, the postseason. All right, anyway, you got anything else? Uh, no, that's about it. Just super excited for football. I did have an opportunity to go to First Watch last weekend. Did the market scramble, I've got to tell you. That's like on another level. Anything with goat cheese is on another level. Um, oh, by the way, I really wanted to make sure and let everybody know about this. Download the First Watch app. I'm telling you, it will save your life. You can now add your name to the wait list on the app before you get to the restaurant. They're popping up all over the place and they're still crazy busy. But this will save you a ton of time. Download the First Watch app. Add your name to the list. You won't have to wait as long. So you can get to their awesome new bar menu quicker than you would have before. That's awesome. I didn't know that. And by the way, this, none of this is scripted. Uh, I went there the other day. They have this new crab avocado oh, toast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I saw somebody get that. Dude, all right. So the avocado toast was already like out of this world. Crab is amazing too. Put them together. Absolutely insane. Whoa. Highly recommend it. It's literally to die for. It's awesome. I haven't had a bad thing on their menu yet, so... Definitely go to First Watch. Love having them as our sponsor. And then, like you said, you know, they've got a nice little bar menu too now. So do a little mimosa. I have a feeling we're going to turn Gus into a First Watch guy. Like by the end of this year. I mean. It just has to happen. He's a big breakfast guy, and there's no better breakfast than First Watch. I feel like it's in the cards. Except the one thing is it's not open late. Like anything quality, you can't have it all the time. I still think it's exactly. a good fit, though. It's a good fit. We'll figure it out. It'll be his post-game day morning celebratory brunch. You know, well, Sunday morning. Yeah. This little Sunday morning wake, thing. You know. wake, wake up after the win. Have a little million-dollar Bloody Mary. A little two-for-moo. <laughs> <laughs> two-for-moo. <laughs> uh, no, Speaking seriously. of that, somebody from the last episode, which I don't know how the hell you guys do this, but... I'm thrilled and honored. I feel like you had to have been listening on like one and a half times speed to figure this out. But we did have a winner in our contest. The first person to tweet us about what their favorite two for Moo was. Night fan Eric out of Orlando coming in with that. So I sent him his $25 gift card. So hopefully he's enjoying his first watch. So stay tuned. Oh, March Madness. March Madness. March Madness contest. Definitely. Lots of prizes. Rock'em socks. Some more gift cards. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I still have gift cards. All kinds of cool stuff. So definitely be on the lookout for that on social media. Like always, like, subscribe, tell a friend. Go Knights. Charge on.
something they shot. Something they shot. <laughs>